Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast here on the CLNS Radio Network. I am your host, Jeff Kane at Boston Fat Guy on Twitter. Joining me as always is Bobby Kovitsky at Bobby underscore K91, also on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at, at Patriots Beat. For you Facebook fans out there, www.facebook.com slash Patriots Beat. And you can also find us on the Inside the Hoodie program on the FanView Network. We'll be doing that every single Tuesday night, recapping each and every single game. So go give that a follow at I-T-H underscore F-V. Bobby, the New England Patriots are on a two-game losing streak going up against the Houston Texans, who all of a sudden are a formidable foe with former coach Bill O'Brien. Your thoughts, my friend? Yeah, I think you nailed it there, that this is a formidable opponent. Houston's 4-1 and one in their last five games. I'm not sure how familiar Patriots fans are with the Texans outside of the obvious that there's a lot of you know people there in terms of both the coaching staff and players with New England ties. And also, I'm sure plenty of people saw the Texans on hard knocks this offseason. But when you really look at this football team and what they've been able to do, like I said, they're 4-1 and one in their last five games. And a large part of that has been the improved play on the offensive side of the ball, where it's not just DeAndre Hopkins. That's what people have to realize. Brian Hoyer, if you exclude that train wreck of a performance he had in week one, he has a quarterback rating, Jeff, 74.5. That would be third best in the entire league. And a large part of that is that he's getting the ball out faster. Very much so. 18 touchdowns against only six interceptions on the season. Brian Hoyer, of course, the former New England Patriot, undrafted free agent. Of course, he knew Bill O'Brien's system and was a very good fit. Him and Ryan Mallett at the beginning of the season going back and forth 
now Brian Hoyer has uh, turned into a very serviceable quarterback, if not a better-than-average quarterback. And, of course, you can't talk about the Houston Texans unless you talk about their defense. J.J. Watt and old friend Vince Wilfork. That's right. And Big Vince is coming off his best game of the season. Had a couple nice tackles against the run against Buffalo. So he doesn't play nearly as much as he did here in New England. He's really just a two-down player at this point in his career. But he might be starting to generate some positive momentum for himself here as we get towards the end of the season. And you talk about J.J. Watt. We're going to obviously have to bring up the fact that he broke his hand in practice this week. Now, he said, told the media that he's been through worse. This is just a part of football, and he's not worried about it one iota. But at the same time, you've got to wonder how much of that is just posturing and how much this will actually impact him on Sunday. You know, it's funny you mentioned the – broken hand for J.J. Watt. I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was the 2012 season, before the Patriots were getting ready to go up against the Houston Texans, they had big tennis rackets set up for Tom Brady and the other quarterbacks because of Watt's pension to get his big paws up there um, to block the uh, to, you know block passes. And all I could think about is J.J. Watt coming in with this huge cast that uh, represents a, you know a, like a tennis racket um, to get up there and block passes. Um it's going to hinder him a little bit. You know, he's not going to be able to use his hands uh, to get on the inside of the uh, tackles as much as he normally does. But this is a guy who has many different uh, moves. You watched him, uh, as you said, on hard knocks. I mean, he is probably the best defensive end uh, of his generation right now. Uh, a very, very solid player. And he does pretty well. And, you know, you brought up Vince Wilfork only being a two-down lineman. Uh, only 14 tackles on the season for Vince Wilfork. And according to Pro Football Focus, is only playing 54% of the pass, uh, the snaps this year. Uh, so his snaps are down, but they have managed him. He is 34 years old. And, of course, you're going up against a defense with the likes of uh, former Patriots off uh, defense coordinator in Romeo Cornell and former Patriots star linebacker Mike Vrabel sitting out there at the linebackers coach. Yeah, like like I said at the beginning of the program, there's a lot of ties here, a lot of familiarity between these two franchises. And Jeff, one thing that's going to be interesting to see with J.J. Watt, because he is such a generational talent, Bill Belichick even mentioned him in the same breath as Lawrence Taylor this week during one of his press conferences, is you have to remember that New England has a lot of success in mitigating players who are game changers, whether it be a pass rusher, like it is in this instance, of doubling and chipping. And that's what I expect to see against J.J. Watt. But this is such an elite talent and such a versatile talent. They'll even line him up on the interior of the line. So I have a hard time believing that this offensive line that has really struggled these past two games, combined with the fact that you don't have your full, your full arsenal of weapons at the skilled positions, which has caused Brady to hold the ball for longer, it's going to be a lot harder for New England to contain this elite pass rusher than normal. And, by the way, this elite pass rusher is better than most of the other elite pass rushers that you've been going against. You're 100% right, as always, Bobby. You sit there, and this is one of those things there. They're going to have to change up this game plan. The last three weeks, you know, without Julian Edelman, since Edelman got injured uh, at the end of the first quarter against the uh, New York Giants, 
Tom Brady has been getting out the ball a lot slower. He was getting it out at around 2.1 seconds. He's up to 2.58 seconds to get it out. No, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's an extra half a second that he's holding onto the ball. And in each of the last three games without Julian Edelman out there and last game without Rob Gronkowski, he's been a 55% passer or under. So that's the tough thing we saw last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, the Patriots trying to attack down the field. Um, this is a game that I look at, Bobby, and as always, I want to see the Patriots try to run the ball. And last week, they ran the ball 25 times. Out of those 25 times, six of them were Tom Brady sneaks or scrambles. So this really not getting a running game going. In the first half, LeGarrette Blount had a bunch of yards. He had 12 carries for 50 yards in the first half. They got away from it. You're going up against a 21st-ranked defense in the league against the run. This is the type of thing where you have, you know, uh, J.J. Watt, Vince Wilfork, uh, uh, Clowney there, and these are guys who can get after the uh, passer, 30 sacks on the season. This is the type of game where you hope that they can do something to – uh, help this offensive line. And by helping this offensive line, I'm saying, you know, you got to run the ball a little bit here. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah, you're 100% correct, Jeff, that they were running the ball effectively against Philadelphia in the first half. And then when the score got out of hand, they, they abandoned it with good understanding. And now it's a new game, new week. Let's see if they can bring some. Some of that momentum they had going in the first half against Philadelphia forward here against Houston because obviously establishing the ground game is critical for getting the offensive line in rhythm, getting that, getting their confidence up, for having balance and being a more dynamic offense. And of course, you want to be able to keep Houston's offense off the field as well and sustain these long drives that you can hopefully convert into points. So. Being able to establish the ground game, our listeners know how important that is. And the fact that they weren't able to do it against Denver, but responded by being effective, albeit in only 25 carries. And like you said, six of them were courtesy of Tom Brady. But being being able to see and know that they can get the run game going is huge. It's, it's a more of a test this week against Houston's front than it is Philadelphia's last week's. But nonetheless, if they can get it going, it's a huge sign, and it'll really do a lot for an offense that, quite frankly, needs the help. No, exactly. And, you know, as I say, hindsight being twenty twenty. but you look at the way that the game unfolded um, and that they didn't get after that running game. They had done some really good things when they got up 14 to nothing, some good balance. And then after the botched pooch uh, punt, uh, you know, the Eagles scored, and then the Patriots go three and out. Uh, throw, 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 Philly gets the ball back. Then the Patriots decide they want to run, but then they want to score points. So they got to figure something out. So let's get into this game here, Houston versus New England. Let's talk about first, let's talk about the Patriots on defense because we'll spend our time how the Patriots offense can attack uh, the Houston Texans defense, but let's talk about the Patriots defense, which has shown some chinks in the armor a little bit the last couple of weeks. Really didn't get tested much against uh, Philadelphia, only allowed 14 points, and one of them, of course, was that short field. Now, we talked about this at the beginning of the uh, program here. You have, uh, you know, Brian Hoyer, 18 touchdown passes versus six interceptions. DeAndre Hopkins has been unbelievably awesome, but 
the running game is nearly non-existent for the Patriots. So if I'm the New England Patriots, you know, and you're Bill Belichick, what does he always do? He always takes away the best player out there, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. He's already admitted that Hopkins is going to make a highlight reel catch or two. Who do you put on Hopkins? Is it, you know, Logan Ryan, who's had a phenomenal season for the New England Patriots, or is it Malcolm Butler, who has had a very good season, save for a couple games. The Denver game, he had a little uh, glitches against uh, uh, Sanders and, of course, uh, uh, against Brown the first week. What are you thinking here, Bobby? Yes, this is is a really hard one to pin down because the Patriots have made it so unpredictable with how they're going to utilize their cornerbacks from a week-to-week perspective. Look, how many people saw Logan Ryan going one-on-one with Demarius Thomas? And then... Yeah, even if you got the matchup right, which few people did, I'm sure they didn't have it playing out the way it did. Part of that, in fairness, was Demarius Thomas, I'm going to call him out right now, seemed like he didn't go 100%. And he even said after the game that he let his teammates down. It seemed like he responded in a rather soft fashion to the cold and the nighttime game and all that. So it seemed like part of that was, was Thomas not being 100% percent into the game but also give credit where credit's due Logan Ryan had a hell of a performance that game and he's been their most consistent cornerback all season I'm really not sure how they're going to utilize both corners who's going to be on who but I just personally believe that like you said they're going to have to take DeAndre Hopkins out which means doubling him which is why I see it being Logan Ryan playing underneath with safety help over the top they'll roll coverage that way and then Malcolm Butler will be on Cecil Shorts, and Cecil Shorts is a good player. He's another guy to keep an eye on. He's a veteran. He's coming off a six-catch, 91-yard performance against Buffalo. He's shifty, good quickness. So he's, he's going to test Malcolm Butler as, as well. He's another player to keep your eye on in this game. It really isn't just DeAndre Hopkins. He's, he's a large part of the show for Houston, but he's not the only person they can rely on. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. They can step up and do some other things. You brought up Cesar Shorts, of course, used to be with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Pretty good player there as it is. But uh, you look at the other guys that they got, Nate Washington. uh, He's been playing a little bit all over the field. He's played in the slot. He's played on the outside. And the Patriots brought in a new guy in Leonard Johnson, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Of course, uh, he had... uh, you know, some time under Greg Schiano, who is a uh, former, uh, you know, Bill Belichick crony. Uh, they, you know, basically set up and 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 brought him in as a guy who who has five interceptions on his career and played mostly that nickel slot role. He was just signed on Tuesday. Do you think that we might see him at all, Bobby? Or do you think it's status quo for the Patriots, uh, where maybe Justin Coleman plays, maybe he doesn't. If he doesn't, uh, do the Patriots go with that three-safety look again? And that's what I'm hoping is that Justin Coleman, he's back practicing, that he's able to give it a go this week, and that'd be huge. You can match him up on Nate Washington. So I would, in an ideal world, of course, Justin Coleman, he's your number three corner. You want him out there Sunday night. But if he's not able to go, then I would say it comes down to what Leonard Johnson's able to do in limited time on the practice field, as well as how quickly he's able to to learn the playbook and we're already at Thursday now you know there's only so much you can prove out on the practice field when you know they're really only going full tilt one two days at the most so it's 
not a lot of time for Leonard Johnson to prove himself in time for Sunday. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Justin Coleman's not able to go, that they end up going with safeties as opposed to throwing Leonard Johnson right into the fire. But of course, they have done it with guys in the past, Jeff. So this is going to be a good game to watch for. It's going to be a great game to watch for. The nice thing that uh, came out this week is, of course, uh, Donta Hightower is back and practicing. Whether or not we see him uh, come Sunday with that MCL sprain should be interesting. I think we can both admit that Hightower is probably the linchpin for the New England Patriots um, New England Patriots defense here. Oh, 100%. And it was huge to get J.V. Collins back. And a lot of these struggles against the run the last two weeks can be directly attributed to playing, to having to rely on either both Gerard Mayo and Jonathan Freeney, or just having one of them out there and it's made enough of a difference. So really, long-term, it's something that I'm not concerned about, assuming that you have Hightower and Collins back together, because that's such a potent duo. And if this... If this is the week, if Hightower plays, you've already got Collins back now, and you can see Collins getting back into rhythm as the game went on. Huge play on the strip at the end of the game to give the Patriots one last possession to try and tie the game up. So his presence was clearly felt. And then you bring in Dante Hightower, who is, at this point, the leader of the defense. And it's just huge as you get this defense back intact, especially at a position that, quite frankly, has been exploited when one or both of them have been out. Exactly. Exploited when one or both of them have been out. If you get them both back, uh, you have the uh, you know you have the ability to play with two extremely good linebackers. And, and, and that's the big thing in this New England Patriots defense is it's no longer that 3-4, that 4-3. There's a lot of sub packages here. But having both Hightower and Jamie Collins on the field, uh, you know, could help a lot. And that's, you know, for football night in America on Sunday night, that's going to be huge. And if you happen to be down in Houston and you want to go see the game, as I'm sure it is sold out, you, of course, can use the SeatGeek app. Listeners to my show, Patriots Beat Here, can use the promo code PATRIOTS in the SeatGeek app and get $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. It will take less than a minute to download the app today. SeatGeek does a ton of things that other ticketing sites do not do. One of the nice things that they really have is uh, that they pull all of the tickets together from all of the top online sellers so there's only a one place one stop shop also they have this great feature called the deal score it ranks every ticket on the market with a 1 to 100 value score and plots the best deal on a color coded interactive map so you can easily identify the best ticket value in the building at a glance finally SeatGeek's mobile app makes the ticket buying process seamless and easy no more putting your glasses on and trying to read those squiggly letters. You know I can't read them. I'm getting old there, Bobby. You can store your credit card, and once you find a ticket you want to buy, you can complete the purchase with just two quick taps. There's no faster way to buy tickets. To redeem your promo code and save $20 on tickets, download the free SeatGeek app today. Enter my promo code PATRIOTS in the app. SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you have made your first SeatGeek purchase. Every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is backed by a 100% guarantee. Download the free SeatGeek app today and enter the promo code 
Patriots to get your $20 off your first purchase. And you know what? If you're down in Houston and you want to see this game, download that SeatGeek app. Get yourself some 50-yard line tickets for a good price. Get that 20 bucks back. Hey, that's uh, probably two or three beers down in Houston. We get rolling here as uh, we're going to start talking about the uh, the offense. What do you think, Bobby? Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Jeff, one thing that we talked about on Inside the Hoodie when we broke down this past week's game against Philadelphia is the Patriots may have found a nice little formation they can use moving forward at least the rest of the regular season while they don't have all of their weapons, and that is motioning typically Brandon LaFell or whoever the outside receiver in that particular instance is, in motion, stack him up, and that way you can allow these receivers to help each other out, which is what you're going to need because clearly on their own they're struggling to get open in time. Even, in fact, Jeff, something that going back and watching film was interesting to see is that on Brady's interception where he chucked it for Brandon LaFell down the field, You know, I was sitting there, and I know you had the same reaction of it just didn't seem like a situation. You're coming off the completion from Amendola to Brady where they need to go for the home run and take a shot at the end zone on that play. Well, it turns out that wasn't the initial design. They were were looking for one of their quick hitters. Give credit to Philadelphia for defending it well. And then it became a bit of a scramble drill, and LaFell ends up coming on a deep crosser, and it certainly looked to me like he he gave up that Brady threw it to the end zone expecting him to go to the end zone and LaFell cut it off and kind of you know tanked it there at the end of the route so it was interesting to see and look these guys quite frankly they're struggling to get open and it's part of the reason it's a large part of the reason that Brady's getting hit more in recent weeks so they're gonna have to be able to start freeing each other up helping each other out typically the way that works is the attention that Gronkowski draws, Edelman's ability to get open so quickly is how the Patriots are able to continue to get the ball out of Brady's hands, keep him upright. But without those two guys there, it's going to have to look a little bit differently, and they're going to have to be able to free each other up, whether it's rub routes, pick plays, you name it. These guys are going to be able to have to help one another out. Oh, I agree with you 100% there. And that play you were talking about, the interception into the end zone by Tom Brady, I watched that on film over and over again. And, uh, you know, it it was designed to be an underneath route. It looked like it was going to go to Amendola. Um, He wasn't able to free his coverage out. Brady had to roll out a little bit. He looked off the safety and threw the ball deep to Brandon LaFell. Brandon LaFell continues that route instead of cutting it off short. That's an easy six. The Patriots, uh, you know, get seven on the board there. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. Brandon LaFell has been quite the disappointment, if you ask me, uh, to this point. With Julian Edelman being down, Rob Gronkowski being down, uh, Deion Lewis being out, Amendola coming back uh, from his knee injury, uh, we were expecting Brandon LaFell to step up. Now, this is a guy that had 74 receptions last year, and it just still does not seem like he is you know, coming on. And now I, on inside the hoodie the other day, you know, I did talk about how this is really, you know, this game back was probably 
his fifth game, like his first, second game into the season. Um, so hopefully he'll start to round into form. Uh, but the confidence issue there for, uh, you know, LaFell, uh, it's it's not good. He's got the drops again. Um, you know, he, he had a terrible game against the Jets, uh, dropped a couple passes this week. Um, that was one of the big things coming from him out of Carolina was the fact that he had a penchant to drop the ball. Yeah, Jeff, a big concern with me this season was how much of the offseason he missed. You know, that was that was my concern. Okay, where is this guy at? What type of season can we expect from him? And how much did this injury set him back for his second season with the Patriots? And so far, the answer is pretty significantly. As we've seen, he comes back first game, a lot of drops. We attribute it to Rust. But now he's the drops minimal impact on games he they need now more than ever guys to step up and for him to bring what no one else on this this roster can and that is that physical presence outside the numbers that big body getting yards after the catch they need him to be the Brandon LaFell of last season and right, right now just like you said he's being the Brandon LaFell of the Carolina Panthers he definitely is and that's unfortunate. Now, I ex- totally expect Danny Amendola to come out and play this week and, and play well. Of course, he had seven receptions last week. Uh, well, look at another guy that I want to talk about. Now, Keyshawn Martin will be going up against his former team, and, and he could do some things. But another guy going up against his former team for the second straight week is Johnson, the wide receiver that they just signed. He had that nice uh, that jet sweep end around uh, the other day, really the only real play that he worked. His second week in the New England Patriots, Patriots, uh, do you feel that he could, uh, you know, do a little bit of those quick from the slot? He's a kind of a slot guy. Can Do you think he can do those, uh, you know, quick zig routes that Edelman's been so good at over the years? Uh, do you think this is a guy that could could possibly be a, you know, a key factor in the game? Well, he can't perform at that level, and I know you're not asking me that, but... <laughs> no, I would Of be. course, and the Patriots, they, they loved using that jet sweep with Julian Edelman and it was very effective traditionally it worked with Johnson and so it'll be interesting to see because he does give them that infusion of quickness that they've lost with the injuries to Deion Lewis and Julian Edelman so he gets a couple chances and overall performs well against Philadelphia and now we'll see if he gets more opportunities and how he performs on Sunday because I do think that there's going to be at least a couple times where they once again put the ball in his hands and we'll see what he does with it. It's going to be interesting. He's also returning punts now. Keep that in mind. So, hey, all I can say is that he didn't fumble it like Chris Harper again, you know, when he got his chance against Philadelphia. So that's, well, that's, 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 that's the most important the right thing. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's job number one when he's out there. And then once he's secured the ball, can go out there and put that quickness to use. Well, that's, you know, job number one right now. Danny Amendola, of course, uh, had been returning punts earlier in the season. Um, right now, he's just too valuable of a player to have back there returning punts. So it's either going to be Johnson or it's going to be a Keyshawn Martin who has, uh, you know, punt return ability in his uh, former times around here. One guy that I really want to talk to is a guy that has stepped up, uh, you know, and I, I love the kid. I've loved the kid out of Wisconsin. Uh, is James White, and he really, in the second half, and of course that fourth quarter when the Patriots were down by 21 points, stepped it up. Now, he doesn't have the same wiggle room as 
uh, as Dion Lewis, but he does have some short hands. He was able to make a couple guys miss. 10 catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown on the game against the Eagles. The rest of the team, Bobby, 19 catches for 233 yards and two TDs. So James White was, you know, set up for exactly a third of what the offense did in the passing game. I expect him to step up and do more this week. I think it's finally time that the Patriots allow James White to, you know, prove himself. Last week was a great stepping stone. Now it's time to step up again. And the all-important thing with a guy like James White um, is also not only can he run the ball, can he catch the ball, but can he pass block? And according to Pro Football Focus, this is an interesting snap that I've had. He's had 29 pass block snaps where he stayed in to block. And out of those 29, he's only allowed two pressures. I think that's pretty good for a second year back. He has good size. He's 5'10", 205. His first game where he got a real opportunity was against the Giants this season. And what was he asked to do almost exclusively? Pass block, protect the franchise. And he performed very well in that regard. And then he comes out against Buffalo and he gets a rushing touchdown. He gets a receiving touchdown. And on the receiving touchdown, there's a Great effort by him. It came off a Buffalo miscue, yes, but once the ball was in his hands, he made a guy miss and got to the end zone. Credit to him. And then Amendola gets hurt, and the Patriots offense turtled. They just basically were hoping to run out the clock, essentially, from that point late in the third quarter on. And then again last week, as they sparked this comeback, he's a key cog in it. A vital part. You read the numbers. 10 catches, 115 yards. He already had a touchdown to that point. So James White, excellent performance at the end against Philadelphia. Now the key is building off that and putting that momentum towards good use. It's something we've talked about this season with Aaron Dobson, who's now on IR and just never seemed to put one good performance in front of the other. We'll see if James White can come Sunday. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to see what White can do. You know, he's done some great things in the passing game. He has not stepped up very well in the run game. I mean, his average is not great. I think he's averaging 2.3 or 2.4 yards per carry. This is a guy in in college who ran for over 4,000 yards uh, at a 6.2 yards per carry clip. That's pretty good. The Patriots need to find a way to get James White uh, into this running game. You know, and I wouldn't be surprised. Trey Williams was let go earlier this week, uh, actually on Thursday by the New England Patriots. They have a uh, they have a kid on the practice squad who is a true fullback. Wouldn't be surprised the Patriots maybe bring um, maybe bring up this fullback and allow them to start running the ball. We've seen you know what they've done with uh, Mike Williams in the back. Field. They've they've tried to move um, Asante Cleveland into the backfield. They've tried to move Shaq Mason into the backfield, and you're really seeing the Patriots missing James Devlin. What are your thoughts about the Patriots? Um, you know, bringing up uh, this this kid that's on the full on the uh, practice squad. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, and it's funny that no one is really talking about how much this team misses James Devlin. He was a Key cog in this offense as well. You know, as as important as you can be 
at that position in terms of being a fullback. Also had some versatility to his game and would play tight end at times. They really miss him, especially in the red zone where they're really struggling to run the ball. I'm not blaming Shaq Mason. I think it's just a physical limitation of his as athletic a guard as he is, but he's really struggled when they bring him into the backfield in that fullback role. Michael Williams doesn't really have the, the quickness that's required to play fullback either. You know, he's a bigger, slower, he's a tight end, and he's, he doesn't have that versatility to his game like Devlin did because it's easier in the regard that we're talking about to go from fullback to tight end than tight end to fullback lining up in the backfield and paving the way for your running back. So they have, they've struggled with running the ball in the, in, near the goal line in the red zone in general. They've struggled to find James Devlin's replacement all season. And so I definitely think that's a viable option to look to the practice squad and to bring up, to bring up this kid that you're talking about, Joey, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Iosefa, maybe it's Out of Hawaii. That's right. So I'm not too familiar with his body of work, as you may have guessed by me not being 100% sure how to pronounce his last name. But I definitely think that's a viable option as they look to jumpstart their running game, especially like I've been saying here in the red zone and closer to the goal line. Yeah, they need to step up and do something here um, to help this running game out. Uh, I'd also like to see, we saw it a little bit last week, that pony backfield where they go into the shotgun uh, with James White and uh, and Brandon Bolden there. I wouldn't mind seeing LeGarrette Blount out there in that position as well. We've seen him be able to, if he's got a head of steam going, to get some moves now. Granted, it's not great, but maybe you you can do a couple different things where they can, uh, you know, get that pony backfield working. Whether it be with Brandon Bolden or be with uh, Legarrette Blount, we've seen them pass out of this formation. I'd like to see the Patriots run out of this formation. I think it could work, especially with a guy like Bolden. Uh, and we all know I'm not a huge fan of Bolden, but a guy like Bolden and a guy like White. Uh, you know, Bolden and uh, and LeGarrette Blount are bigger guys. Maybe they can do something where they can set one of them up on a trap block uh, with a pulling guard and then get a handoff to uh, James White and maybe spring it for, you know, five, six, seven yards. Jeff, that was, that might have been the best point that either one of us have brought up on this show all season. That was, I'm 100% in agreement. That was Fantastic. It doesn't surprise me that you took the time to figure out how to get the running game going. Of course, our listeners know your love for that position. (laughs) Yeah, well done right there. I think that's definitely something. Quite frankly, I look at it from this perspective. What do you have to lose? Yeah, Exactly. What do you have to lose? Let's try something different. You know, the Patriots offense is struggling right now. Brady has completed under 55% of his passes the last three weeks. There's got to be something you can do. You got to stay close to the vest a little bit, especially against this Patriots. Uh, excuse me, this Houston defense that can get after the passer. Um, you know, with four rushers, you got to make them be honest and not be able to sit back and rush the passers. You know, Philadelphia did not have a great defensive uh, pass rush team. But because the Patriots were not able, and and a lot of it had to do with the fact that they fell behind, I understand that. But because the Patriots were not able to keep them offense uh, uh, honest, they were able to get after them, rushing the rushing the passer, and that hurts the New England Patriots. So 
I'm expecting the Patriots to do something a little different. You know, everyone thinks that Josh McDaniels is this great offensive coordinator. I have been on record. I don't believe he is. I believe he's a product of his talent. Just go and look at what he was able to do in St. Louis, which would be the 32nd ranked team uh, in the NFL in offense. Look what he did uh, the second half of his uh, head coaching career after going 6-0 and with the um, – with the Denver Broncos, uh, you know, he was like three for his next 12. So I don't feel that Josh McDaniels is this brilliant offensive mind because I don't believe he changes things up. It's time to change things up, Josh. It's time to keep things simple and basic and, and not try to, uh, you know, throw the ball deep, which is not playing to your team's strength. Your offensive line is beat up right now. It's not very confident. And having these guys run 7, 10, 15 yard uh, passes, 20-yard passes, it's going to get your franchise killed. Jeff, the problem is the offensive line's not beat up. This is outside of Nate Solder, who's out for the year and has been out for quite some time since I believe they played Dallas week five. This is as healthy as the offensive line is going to be moving forward. These are, the, these are your guys up front. So yeah, and I should have I shouldn't have said beat up. What I should have said is lacking confidence. Right, and so absolutely, they they need. They need a confidence booster as well. And so something like that, it gets everyone excited, especially when you see it working in practice, and then it plays out like you envisioned it, like you drew it up on the field on game days. And as I look to the offensive line, something that might help not just the pony formation, Jeff, but might help the offensive line in general is I think they need to give strong consideration. Mike Reese brought this up. I pondered over further, and I do agree with him. Bring David Andrews back in at center and move Brian Stork over to guard. I know that Stork, Stork's already in the lineup right now at center, but I just think him at guard has the, the potential to bring some nasty to that position that you've been lacking this season and that was so critical in solidifying the offensive line last season was that element of toughness and scrappiness that Ryan Wendell and Dan Connolly brought to the guard positions that they just quite frankly don't have right now. Especially with Josh Klein uh, possibly being injured. I know he practiced today, but he did get banged up last week. The curious case of David Andrews, this is a guy that played every single snap until the Buffalo game. He had some protection issues and really hasn't seen the field much at all since then. I like the fact if you put... um, you know, Andrews at center again, and then you allow Brian Stork at right guard or left guard, and then you have that rotation with uh, Trey Jackson and Shaq Mason and and uh, and Josh Klein. I think that could really, really help. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. Huge development that Josh Klein, you didn't know at the time how serious that shoulder injury was going to be, but he's already back practicing. Whether he plays Sunday or not remains to be seen. But just the fact that it's not season-ending and he may not even miss a game is very positive news for the Patriots because this offense really can't afford to take any more hits. They're at critical mass here. So that was a very positive development regarding Josh Klein. Oh, it's a huge, huge development, uh, you know, with Josh Klein. Especially, this is a guy that they brought up and they built him up, and that's the one thing that I really like about the fact what they did with Josh Klein is that they've they've built him up and brought him along. They do a great job with developing offensive linemen. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And look, Josh Klein is able to get 
the contract extension this season, like you said, here's a guy undrafted, comes through the practice squad out of Kent State, and they reward him with a nice two-year contract extension that's worth about $3.3 million because he really has been, for the most part, their best offensive lineman, certainly their best interior offensive lineman this season. And that's after largely being a backup who would fill in in a pinch, had some versatility to his game, but a player who fans were critical of when he would come into games there wasn't a lot of confidence in how he would hold up and now look at what we're saying as he gets injured here this season what a difference just a year makes and how credit to Klein for putting in the work and he's reaped the benefits this season so good for him to get the contract extension I'm glad he's healthy and the Patriots are going to need him moving forward they're definitely going to need him moving forward well, it's that time. Time to get to the Harry's picks of the game. What is your morning shave routine? Every single morning, well, every other morning, I get up and I get myself a nice, smooth Harry's shave. And I'm telling you, these Harry's blades from harrys.com, they are so, so nice. Listeners to my show can get $5 off of their first purchase by going to harrys.com and entering the promo code PATRIOTS. Uh, after entering your code at checkout, you will get Harry Starter Set for just $10. That's a month worth of shaving for just 10 bucks with the code PATRIOTS at checkout. Harry Starter Set is a month worth of shaving, as I said, and comes with a razor, three of Harry's high-quality blades, German-engineered, and a bottle of shaving cream, all shipped directly to your door. Harry's.com delivers superior shave for an incredible price. Harry's was bought... A razor factory in Germany that has been crafting some of the world's highest quality blades for almost a century. By cutting out the middleman, Harry's offers an amazing shave for a fraction of the price of the drugstore brands. Get up to Harry's today. Say goodbye to between picking between expensive brands or cheap disposables and say hello to Harry's. High quality blades at a price you'll love. Go to harrys.com right now and enter the code word PATRIOTS at checkout to get $5 off your first purchase. Get a month worth of shaves, shaving cream, just $10 with the code word PATRIOTS at checkout. That's harrys.com, code word PATRIOTS. Here we go again here it is. It's time for us each and every week. We pick the offensive and defensive player of the game. Um, and Bobby, you can probably guess who my offensive player of the game will be. It's got to be James White. I've been loving and singing this guy's praises for a couple weeks now. He really came to board last week. As I said, 10 catches for 115 yards and the touchdown. Also had a rushing touchdown. I believe that uh, James White is the guy that's... I'm sorry, he did not have a rushing touchdown. He had the rushing touchdown against the Buffalo Bills. But I believe James White is the guy that steps up and really helps this team. Whether it be pass blocking, they're going to need him in there to help on J.J. Watt. Whether it be running the ball, I want to see it out of... um, I want to see that out of the... um, pony backfield and I want to see him catching the ball I want to see him screens I want to see him split out wide catching screens it's time to get after it James White is that guy um and I'm going to take this here on the defensive side of the ball I got to look at Logan Ryan and uh, you know what I, and I'm going to look at the Logan Ryan Malcolm Butler train together the duo they're going to find some way to shot down um DeAndre Hopkins he's going to get some yards 
But I think that it's going to be Logan Ryan that's going to step up and set up on the defensive side of the ball this week for the Patriots. And it's not going to be solely up to whichever one of them draws DeAndre Hopkins. Keep in mind the role that the safety is going to play in that, whether it's Deron Harmon or Devin McCourty, it's probably going to be both of them as the game goes on. So it's going to be huge, that safety help over the top. The The one thing that they really have to make sure they take away is the home run play from DeAndre Hopkins. So if they can do that, then that will be huge. My defensive game ball is going to Jamie Collins. Who, Ooh, the boy. Yeah, the, yes, sir. He got stronger as the game went on last week, had the huge play to force the fumble, stripping it out. And a key element to this game, the Houston Texans offense resembles the Patriots offense. They're very similar. And one of the things that has given Houston success recently is Brian where getting the ball out faster, it's led to him being much improved as a quarterback as the season's gone on, and the offense production has, of course, gone up as a result of that. So Jamie Collins' ability, not just in coverage, but also when guys come across the middle, him and Dante Hightower, and we don't know if Hightower's going to play, but the two of them as individuals nail people typically when they come across the middle sometimes the point that they put him on the ground. And that's exactly what I want to see. I want to see Jamie Collins being physical, disrupting the timing with Hoyer and whichever receivers are coming across the middle. And, of course, they really missed when Collins was out, his abilities as a pass rusher. I want to see Mm -hmm. Collins get after Hoyer, coming up the middle especially, and put pressure on him and maybe even force some turnovers because that's, that's a key element to any game. But especially... In this game, you win the turnover battle, you're in good shape. So Jamie Collins is my defensive MVP for a variety of reasons. Jeff, looking at the offensive side of the ball, I'm right there with you on James White. Obviously, nothing wrong with that. It would be no, no, no. It would be lame to go with the same offensive game ball. We don't do that here. So, <laughs> you know, I would love for Brandon LaFell to step up, but I have a lot of respect for the Houston trio in the secondary of Kareem Jackson. Jonathan Joseph, although he is dealing with a knee injury. And Kevin Johnson is a rookie who has really emerged this season. He's got nine passes defense and has had a very solid season for the Texans. So I'm just not sure that this is the week LaFell gets back on track as much as I would like it to be. And an area that the Patriots are going to look to exploit yet again is the fact that Houston's outside linebackers are not great in coverage. And so they're going to try and get Scott Chandler and James White matched up on them. It's going to be similar to Denver in that that regard. But hopefully they focus less on attacking deep down the field this game because the offensive line has not proven that they can protect Brady for that long. And they've seen how that game plan unfolds. It's against a different team. But I think that's largely going to be what happens if they try it again against Houston. So hopefully they focus on attacking more in the first and second levels of the field, but same type of mismatches. And so, look, we both think James White's going to step up. I think this is a golden opportunity for Scott Chandler to step up, especially if they get Jadavion Clowney in coverage, which is a true weakness of his, and he's dealing with a hamstring injury on top of that. So I think that you get the Texans outside linebackers matched up with James White, with Scott Chandler, those two could have a big day for New England. Now, you brought up Scott Chandler. Uh, Rob Gronkowski practiced on Thursday, albeit a limited edition, uh, of course, with a knee brace. Do you think 
uh, there's any chance that we see him on Sunday. No, uh, it's a great development that Gronk is back out there practicing. This was a walkthrough today, and so I'm confident in saying that he will not play this Sunday, nor should he, quite frankly. Well, all right. Well, final score prediction here for me on the Harrys.com's picks of the week. I'm going to go with the Patriots winning this game. Listen, guys, they haven't dropped a uh, three games in a row since 2002, uh, which was a very tough season after they started 3-0. and They dropped four in a row, dropping to 3-4, and four, and that was the Brady's second season, first season as the full-time starter, uh, where they lost on tiebreakers to the New York Jets for the uh, playoffs there. But I feel that the Patriots are going to win a very hard-fought game on Sunday Night Football. I got the Patriots winning 24-21. to Ooh, coming down to a field goal. I like it. That would certainly make for some entertaining action and probably a heart attack for me and a lot of Patriots fans. <laughs> but I'm going with a game that's a little bit more in favor of New England. I think that it's going to be 27-17. Patriots win this one. I think that the offense is going to look better than it did for the most part against Philadelphia and even Denver for that matter, and it's going to be interesting to see defensively, but I do think that this team overall has the guys they need to win out the remainder of the regular season, which, Jeff, looking at it from a playoff perspective, is what they're going to have to do. There's still a chance they could end up with the number one seed. Now, we've already discussed on Inside the Hoodie, we both think that they're going to ultimately finish with the second seed, but even for that to happen, they have to win out that obviously starts with the next game up, which is Sunday in Houston. So I do think the Patriots avoid losing three games in a row. I think they get back on track and take care of business in what's going to be a tough road game on Sunday Night Football. That's the truth. If they don't get back on track, they are in some serious trouble. Well, after the Houston game, make sure to check out CLNS Radio's Patriots postgame show by going to www.blogtalkradio.com slash Patriots postgame for all of CLNS Radio's great coverage. Check it out at clnsradio.com. Bobby and I will be back on the video cast on the FanView Network for Inside the Hoodie. You can, of course, follow us there at at I-T-H underscore F-V. You can follow me at at Boston Fat Guy. And, of course, Bobby at at Bobby underscore K-91. And, of course, Patriots Beat at at Patriots Beat. Don't forget CLNS Radio. At CLNS Radio. For Bobby Kavitsky, I'm Jeff Kane. We'll see you guys on the flip side. Internet Sports Talk Radio, CLNS Radio.